0: you're listening to a podcast from the media motel coming up this week in episode 542 a beatles special
1: featuring the beatles and cartoons and solo beatles covering other artists that's all coming up after the beatles
2: and hey bulldog
3: Recorded in Studio 3 in Abbey Road on the 11th of February 1968, just days before they flew to the Ashram in Rishikesh. And a year later, it made its way onto the soundtrack of the movie we're going to talk about in a moment from Yellow Submarine, The Beatles and Hey Bulldog
1: that really is one of their great sort of unheralded songs i think really i love that it's silly but it's also it's really rocking isn't it, it it's got it really quite, a, quite a, yeah. a buzz to it that i really really like i think it's i think it's just so grand i'm such a big fan of that it's it's uh, it's one of my favorite beatles songs i think secretly
3: it is one mine as well, and it's a rarity in that there's um, a, a proper well, would have been called film at the time, but video of it as yes. well that they recorded in the studio when they were also uh, recording a promo film for Lady Madonna. So Hey Bulldog is, you know, a rarity in that sense. That yes, absolutely. A, a visual of it. Yeah. I
1: agree. And notice how I showed restraint when you said recorded in Studio Three of Abbey Road. I didn't go. I've been there. Every time that any yes, I see any have. footage of Abbey Road, I always. Just think oh we went there so uh, so yeah i hope they'll do that again one day for people i would absolutely say if you get the opportunity for god's sake go because it is amazing
3: and you've got a hundred quid to spare in your pocket well i mean
1: i'd have paid double that in fairness it was it was you know it was a very special thing
3: thanks for joining us for parish council episode 542 Mm -hmm. i'm terence stackham and often referred to as the fifth beetle it's Juliet Harris.
1: <laughs> I'm very much the third person on this podcast, I think. But anyway, yeah. yes. Hi, everyone. Can I, before, before we start, can I tell you about a Beatles, um, I don't know, faux pas or misunderstanding? Oh, dear. Yes, you can. There well, always a faux pas and a misunderstanding with you, Terrence. I worry. I You're not going to go out of Sculpture Park, are you?
3: No, no, no. Oh, gosh, yes. <laughs> no, I've been carrying this for, uh, well, nearly 60 years. Oh,
1: wow. Okay. Then you know, let it out. Let it out, uh, brother. We're when, here. when, um,
3: from me to you was released in 1963 i was a very very young boy but Hmm. i did i listened closely to all the beatles records my father bought so that i could learn the lyrics oh nice yes in from me to you they sing um i've got arms that long to hold you and keep you by my side you know he's longing to hold this lady and but i understood it at age seven to be that i've got arms that long to hold you And oh, i thought they I meant arms see. of great length that long. <laughs> and so i was always picturing the beatles with these huge extended arms <laughs> and, and do you know the funny thing is this is absolutely true it's only this year recent weeks mm. when i listened to it and it occurred to me what they really mean yearning longing not huge long arms
1: that so is, 16
3: is... years almost of getting it wrong
1: I love that, which is hilarious, given that the, of course, the, the working title of, was it Help? The working title was Eight Arms to Hold You. Exactly. It was. And yeah. so maybe they had a lot of them. They had a lot of octopus-friendly sort of content, didn't they? Really, absolutely. with the long got, arms and the and the yeah, arms to hold you. And we will be hearing about an octopus in a little bit, I think, absolutely. when we talk about I've one got of those
3: l- Yeah, lips that long to kiss you. And again, I pictured these enormous, <laughs> oversized lips. You see, with, with the mutant, long, these be- lengthy
1: arms. Beetles. It's incredible, isn't it? Yes, it, it, I am. Um, they really were pioneers, the Beatles, in many senses, weren't they? They had yeah, very yeah, long. I, arms, I only, yes.
3: genuinely only figured out the true meaning this last few weeks when I heard it so well, 60 it just years show of misunderstanding
1: you, well show you, you can hear something new in the Beatles every time you listen to them
3: <laughs> it's another in our occasional series of Beatles specials this mm. weekend in this first segment we're going to look at the Beatles history in cartoon format mm. and often forgotten and I think I'm right in saying it was never shown in the UK Um, It's the Hmm. American ABC Saturday morning cartoon series that ran from 1965 to 1969 with decent ratings, Hmm. essentially cartoons depicting various Beatle adventures to a background of Beatles songs. Um, Jules, I hadn't seen these before uh, until the last week or so. Do you think these Beatles cartoons from the mid 60s deserve a get back style remodel?
1: I mean I'd never I wasn't familiar with them I'd yeah. never seen them so we watched we watched one on YouTube and that was rather dampened by the fact they removed all the music for rights reasons mm. so to, in the end I ended up playing the music that would have been playing to try and make it <laughs> try and make it a little, bit, you know, a little bit better I was struck in the episode we watched which was the first episode I think mm. how obscure some of the songs were that they, that they picked so they picked an album track off with the Beatles as like this come on kids sing along had these weird sections where they just had a song and the kids at home sang along with the words on the screen it was very much aimed for children um, it was very strange uh, the, first, the one we watched I hated it at first I thought all the, I couldn't understand why Ringo Starr was brummy and why why John Lennon had some kind of r- weird received pronunciation thing that was going on I thought it was really it looked really cheap and and really cash in type thing George Harrison apparently was quoted as saying that he, he said that he'd grown to like them over the years because they were so bad they were really good <laughs> And I think and I think he's not wrong. Having said that, though, was it as it went on and I kind of got into it a bit. There was a it was a little bit like almost like the Pink Panther style format in that it yes. was sort of. As if there was a studio audience, and there'd be like there were sections, so there was like, and that's why I think it was obviously aimed at kids, even in the olden days before smartphones, etc. It it didn't focus on anything for very long, did it? Really, you moved on between, you know, between sections, so there were sort of two main sort of stories in one, and the second story, which involved them having to introduce a man octopus and a lady octopus, I quite liked that. I thought it was quite funny. So so actually, I wouldn't necessarily say this is great art um it was it was it's the whole thing is is, it smacks of a cheap caching having said that firstly it got really good ratings Mm. people watched lots of people watching secondly when i looked up on um i think it might have been on site when i googled it it's imd beam rating was 7.3 out of 10 from average users so people Mm. obviously quite like this um the octopi i enjoyed more but um it didn't. I, I didn't think it was a lost classic. Put it that way.
3: I mean, I thought obviously with sixty years for hindsight that these these contents yeah. were dismal. Um the vo- the voices as you mentioned were awful. All the Beatles sound like minor royalty. Yes, it's they really do. Peculiar. Cheaper than chips production. Abysmal scripts it's worth trying to find an episode on YouTube as we did to see how dreadful these cartoons were really you've got to go to YouTube put in like the Beatles ABC cartoon or something and you'll, you'll find some of them.
1: Yeah I found it really weird that we were watching the first, we were mm. watching one of the first epi- the first episode, and you'd think it was the first episode, you'd have all the hits on it wouldn't you and <laughs> yeah. the two sing sing-alongs were not a second time from With the Beatles and uh, Devil in Her Heart, um, their version <laughs> of that they were and then when you look at the the episode list on there's a wiki page where you can look mm. up the um the the next episode is do you want to know a secret um if i fell and is the name of the is the name of mm. the the episode and then the songs are a hard day's night and i want to hold your hand at the songs that you sing and it's like well should they not have just started on that <laughs> rather than you know so. a rare a, yeah. an obscure cover and an album track from their second album it was it was really um yeah it's i yeah it, it was a very strange enterprise
3: now, we were talking about, uh, oh, we were talking <laughs> about probably the most well-known Beatles in cartoon format, Yellow Submarine, mm. which was released as a movie in the summer of 1968. Yes. Um, it was restored and reissued in 2012, and the soundtrack was remixed in 2018. On the surface, this was a strange business. The Beatles themselves are filmed very briefly in a cameo appearance just before they went to India. It was largely a way to complete their three-movie deal with United Artists. Mm. In a way, it's a more sophisticated version of that uh, cheapo ABC series, minimal storylines created to be a backdrop to Beatles music. I remember being dreadfully disappointed by the movie and the soundtrack when it was released, but are you gri- were, were you gripped by the Beatles' adventures in Pepperland?
1: Well, I was so this was um remade and sort of re polished mm. up and redone in nineteen ninety nine, I think. And I would have I was coming up to being fifteen at that time. So I was really and i was really getting into the beatles at that point so and all the anthology stuff had been out a few years beforehand so so i was very excited by it and watched it at the time my friend had the poshed up dvd and had some of us round to watch it on their parents big tv and it was really exciting and well it had an abortive attempt a couple of years previously for me to watch it because it was on channel four at quarter to three in the morning or something (laughs) but in 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 the olden days and channel four like right we've got six hours we will just put whatever on and i asked my dad to set the video and he said it to ITV instead so I think I ended up with with Dharma and Greg um, uh, at some chat show and like some Japanese thing instead so I was very disappointed at the time as you can imagine Uh, but um, I saw it again a couple about three or four years ago it was at my local cinema they decided just randomly to put it on the only thing that slightly marred that was it's mixed in surround sound and they hadn't set their settings properly (laughs) and I went with my friends and we'd said afterwards it was frustrating because we we really enjoyed it we thought the visuals were really inventive and really mm. interesting on a big screen it worked really well and again we watched the, the poshed up version that had been cleaned up and the, we saw a, a a thing a making of documentary on vh1 about this that went out at the time and I hadn't really realized that of course the film that was on old stock film had got really dirty it got really scratched and really marked, and they had to work really really hard technology being as it was you know even in nineteen ninety nine it wasn't that advanced they'd had to work really hard to clean it all up and that literally to clean it all up and I, I really like Yellow Submarine I think it's I, I can see why people were disappointed with the soundtrack album where mm. the first half is you know some really great tunes I think and the second half is all instrumental music directed by George Martin but um and they, they as part of the re-release in 99 they re-released this famous song track which was sort of uh, you know most of the songs that were in it and a few others that kind of fitted I, I like Yellow Submarine I, I, it, it's not as wonderful as A Hard Day's Night which we've talked about before that we really love Um, it doesn't have the nostalgia the rush of the "let it be" and "get back" projects, um, but. I I think it's quite an interesting thing and I thought it was very interesting on this um, VH1 thing that we watched that as far as the voices were concerned they were much nearer I felt than the dreadful cartoon which admittedly wouldn't be difficult but they were much nearer to the Beatles voices and and a man was quoted as saying that each individual Beatle did not like their own voice but thought that everybody else's voice was really accurate Mm -hmm. so as he said actually in the end everybody liked all the voices just in different combinations I thought that the wit in it is quite dry i remember think when i was 15 i thought the funniest thing in the world was when they someone said oh it's made out of blue glass and george harrison says maybe it's from kentucky i thought that was <laughs> i thought that was so funny and i still do find it quite funny and uh, and I, I i just think it's quite a it's a weird thing it's trying to do something different it doesn't feel as cynically cash in as the cartoon that we watched it, it, it there were again like the cartoon they deliberately did it so that there's a different thing every five minutes so there's different or there's a huge variation of art and i think it's an interesting and quite groovy experiment and not everything comes off but i like it i think it's quite good
3: i was quite taken by the um as you mentioned the vh1 um Mm. show which was a kind of behind the scenes the making of i suppose um uh, interviews in the in interviews with Paul Ringo and George separately yes. and I noticed that Ringo gave a sort of very tired sounding explanation of the plot but it was George uh, that I really took to because he was very yes. honest I've, I've actually qu- quoted him here he said mm. it was great we didn't have to do anything yes. I like that most about the movie <laughs> yes.
1: which uh,
3: maybe reveals a bit about the Beatles commitment
1: to. Well, and it's but, right to, up there with George saying at the start he's quoted as saying at the start of the get back thing when they have the, the problems with the film Philippines and he said well you must understand that I didn't want to come here in the first place And I thought this is very much sort of George Harrison's vibe that he never really wants to do anything much he always has to be persuaded into doing things
3: yeah, it could be argued that the Beatles most successful link is their in, in terms of their appearances in a cartoon series mm. um, is to one which they've got no direct connection and to date 22 episodes of the Simpsons mm. feature the Beatles in one way um, or another from which Lisa, is of course
1: by Blondie yes
3: very from uh, there's Lisa in the sky with diamonds yes. uh, <laughs> <to> <laughs> my favourite the Bart of War in which it's revealed that Ned Flanders has yes. a secret room filled with Beatles memorabilia but Jules you have your own Simpsons and Beatles favourite episode
1: I do and this is I think it's absolutely I I just I love every single second of this. It's called Homer's Barber Shop Quartet. I think that's the name of the episode, and it follows the adventures. Well, uh, it starts with with Homer and and his family going to a neighborhood jumble sale, and and they discover. Homer on the front of a record and, and the, the kids are intrigued as to why and he tells them the story of their six weeks of fame so we cram an entire, you know, we, we cram the, the, the eight years or so of the Beatles career into six weeks of Homer's barbershop quartet, the B-sharps, as they say, a name that is clever and witty yet more annoying every time you hear it and, and we go on this adventure where, you know, they're all casted so we have Homer, we have Barney and we have... Uh, Pooh and Principal Skinner as as the four main sort of characters and it just parod- it, it, well it's sort of so affectionate it's, it's parodying but it's really affectionate as Bart puts it what happened, why did you stop being famous did you screw up and say you were bigger than Jesus or something <laughs> to which Homer replies that was what we called our second album and you see a picture of the four of them walking across what appears to be Abbey Road but on water I mean it is, it is so it's obviously made by people that love the Beatles as yeah. much as we do and are really sort of nerdy about about it. Um there is I won't spoil but if you haven't seen it so so um Apu Apu is thrown out of the band in a Pete Best style change of circumstances. The the manager feels they need a different drummer. Um um no, not Apu. Chief Wiggum is thrown out of the band and replaced yes. and replaced with Barney Gumble, who they find singing in a toilet somewhere. And um and and there's a great scene where Chief Wiggum shoots a TV in fury and is told off by his wife for not using the remote. And um, <laughs> but um Barney is cast as the John Lennon character, despite being a replacement, and has a girlfriend called Keiko, and I think we all know who she's meant to be. And they turn up in the bar and there's a brilliant scene where Keiko orders a very specific type of drink and uh and mo is able to to to, to do that and it's it's just extremely funny and it's it's i i, I and also the so their hit record which is called baby on board is genuinely a great song i find myself whistling it quite a lot of the time i i love it I, I love the simpsons anyway as everyone knows but i i just think it's uh they end up doing the rooftop concert at the end which is great and there's a very very good just at the end before the credits kick in there's a there's a very funny sort of spin on the uh, we've passed the audition that always makes me laugh it is my perfect tv terence simpsons and the beatles in one thing is is oh, it's never going to get any better for me but no i would very much recommend it it's a lot of fun
3: I do love this episode, but I did have to overcome my cringy skin tingling abhorrence of barbershop quartets
1: yeah uh, I know. There were
3: so many great moments in in this, as you say you what what could be better than bringing the Beatles and the Simpsons together um in twenty odd minutes. Great moments. Groundskeeper Willie singing Doon Toon um, <laughs> for his audition, Doon Toon.
1: And I and think in, uh, in one of the specials that we have recently, I referenced Chief Wiggum singing If I Could Talk With The Animals and then jumping out of the window at the end. It is it is great. I, uh, uh, my favourite sequence in that is uh, Jasper, the old man, Jasper yes. Beakley, the old man singing Theme, for a, from, the, a theme, theme from A Summer Place. The words to the tune of Theme <laughs> From A Summer Place. And you don't realise what's happening until he repeats it. And then they stop him it, it is it is fantastic also have you seen the one where um lisa the vegetarian there's 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 an episode where lisa turns vegetarian and paul and linda mccartney turn mm. up at the end and uh and paul says if you play a record backwards there's a really ripping recipe for vegetarian sausages <laughs> and there's a, another one where homer Homer go, they go to the Grammys and Homer actually meet, well it is is it is it the the B sharps one where he where he meets George Harrison at the Grammys and um, is so excited to meet George Harrison but it turns out he's excited about the buffet instead and George <laughs> Harrison makes a very oh what a nice man you know he makes a very sort of random appearance I think it's 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 brilliant Ringo also appears in an episode where um where Marge um is a teenage artist that that paints portraits of him so they often Uh, turn up the beatles often kick up or or versions of them kick up in it and it's great i i
3: love the, the the little details like the there's the replication when when the Beatles um arrived in America, they're on the aircraft steps and they're all clutching these little B O A C bags, yes. uh, little clutch bags when they arrive. And um in the Simpsons episode the B sharps are all clutching these little bags as they come down the yes. aircraft steps. So yes, as we say, the Beatles and the Simpsons are arguably the best Beatles cartoon link up by a considerable distance.
1: Well, the best of anything ever, in my view. is yes. a match made in heaven.
3: Coming up next, solo albums from the Beatles where they cover other artists. That's right after, in our Beatles special, The Beatles.
0: One, Bye.
1: often dismissed as a sort of, you know, a silly childish sing-along, but I love the energy of that. I think that it's silly and I think it's fun and it has, it always cheers me up. Whenever I hear it, I always, it always cheers me up. And the BBC used it in an advertising campaign a little while ago to sort of promote families watching TV together and that sort of thing. And there's there's just something, there's such a flourish to it at the end. It always makes me happy. I think it's, you know, yes, it's not, it's not, not, you know, I really like happiness as a warm gun. It's not that. But having said that, I just, I just really like it. It's the Beatles and it all together now.
3: It's the sort of song we can imagine Paul's dad banging out on the piano while Auntie Jin. Sings along. I wonder if this was intended to be a Ringo song, and then Yellow Submarine came along and supplanted it because it's got it's got a kind of Ringo vibe to it to me. I can imagine him uh, singing singing this um, as the Ringo song on you know on any given album.
1: Mm, absolutely, I, I agree. It's it's a uh, but it's but it's you know I I I studied for sort Ringo that all of his songs were always the ones that were aimed at children. But having yes. said that 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 is really fun. I love that. I think it's 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 a lovely sort of child it's a sort of a nursery rhyme, but it's I just think it has it has a great optimism about it that I really like.
3: In their in their early years and on the early albums, the Beatles covered a number of songs by other artists and Mm. this continued in different ways in several of their subsequent solo albums. Mm. John Paul and Ringo devoted entire albums to covers and George amassed enough cover versions to create a potential album. Perhaps the most peculiar of these solo Beatles covering other people's songs is John Lennon's Rock and Roll from 1975. This was mm. during John's Lost Weekend when he was yes. living with May Pang in Los Angeles. Mm. But maybe the weirdest bit and i kind of half forgotten this until I I started listening to this album again this week. Weirdest bit is that John had been sued by Morris Levy over copyright of uh, one line in Come Together. They Mm. come on flat top. And as part of the out-of-court agreement, John, bizarrely, agreed to record three songs to which Levy held the publishing rights. Mm. So we end up with Rock and Roll, an album of covers from the late 50s and early 60s. It's got a strong lineup of Mm. supporting musicians as um, Jose Feliciano, Klaus Vormann, Steve Cropper, Hal Blaine. Jules, do you agree with Rolling Stone magazine? They said at the time... John lends dignity to these classics. His singing is tender, convincing
1: and fond. I don't actually, interestingly. I didn't really enjoy this very much. I wanted to. I thought the production was slightly weird, a bit echoey, a bit sort of odd um when you said at the beginning oh it was recorded during his lo- his lost years i thought that makes a lot of sense because i thought some of these vocals sounded a bit out of tune in places i i i thought i wasn't very keen on this and uh, and i started made me think the fact that you've just said that it was recorded as part of an out settlement that makes much more sense because i was approaching it from well, this is someone that's run out of ideas and that yeah. is, that is yeah. recording old rock and roll songs. Cause it was almost like when we talked about Get Back a while ago when that came out before Christmas. Um the the bit where they're, you know, at the beginning where they've hardly got any songs and they're literally scraping up stuff that they did sort of when they were the quarrymen. And and it had Les had a bit of an air about it of, you know, Oh, I haven't got any of my own songs at the moment. So let's just bang out a load of stuff that I used to play when I was a teenager. I I found it. I found the playing was all a bit clinical. I, it left me really cold. I must admit.
3: I didn't like this album when it was released, and I don't like it now. It sounds exactly as you say, like a throwaway filling job. Um, the whole whole project was, a, 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 as we say, a crazy time. Uh, the last weekend, May Pang, Phil Spector producing Spector. Shot a gun and a, in the studio, and a bullet went through the studio ceiling and damaged wow. John Lennon's hearing. Um, oh, for God's uh, sake! <laughs> I think the fact that the album was released under Capitol Records' budget range yes. uh, tells us tells us everything. Um, George Harrison is the only Beatle not to devote a solo album to an entire set of covers. But across several of his post-Beatle albums, he covers enough of other artists' material that Mm. I was able to create a sort of solo George covers album in in Spotify. Um, Like his three Beatles colleagues, George usually cast back to the late 50s and early 60s but even earlier in some covers like hoagie carmichael hong kong yes. Blues, and uh, uh, on somewhere in england and he recorded a couple of cole porter songs too but yes. um with If Not For You, he covered a contemporary in Bob Dylan. And once again, with Phil Spector producing, Spector seems to have, to have some sort of hold over John and George <laughs> at this time. I don't understand it at all. I was all.
1: say he's haunting them like a Spector. Yeah. Yes.
3: Um, thank Jules, me. this um, compilation of George Harrison covering other artists' songs, um, hit or miss?
1: I I I got a bit more from this than I did mm. from the John Lennon stuff. Actually, I thought some of them were quite good. I thought the production was much better. Um, I I mean I I quite liked the Between the Devil and the Deep Blue Sea. The sort of the, the uh, that sounded throwaway, but not in a way that was so clinical and, and cynical. Mm. I don't think so. I I, I quite liked some, some of these. I loved his version of Baltimore Oriole. I thought that was really really lovely. Um some of these are a bit, and I love the fact that you've included my sweet Lord as a cover in this list because it's (laughs) the the, the, the hilarious thing about that is that is that you know there was a debate over what that was a cover of he was of course successfully sued by the chiffons for um for my sweet Lord but he claimed he was doing oh happy day which was of course out of copyright but um but no I, I I these were interesting curios again I'm not sure if they were much more than curios but having said that I I've I found them i found that he brought something a bit more interesting to some of these songs than the it felt a little bit less knockabout and i quite liked that i rather like george's
3: cover versions because they don't form an album on their own they tend to no. retain a, a fresh quality there's something yes something quite sweet about the old hoagie carmichael and cold yes songs. very sweet george's the other thing i found about it uh, that when he does cover versions mm. george's own solo work often focuses on the maudlin side of life
1: yes it's quite heavy isn't it? it it
3: it can be but his version of if not for you is is cheery and perky yes it is is it there's, there's a there's a charming recording of "Roll Over beethoven from mm, a live in japan nice. album
1: yes that was lovely
3: and perhaps his chirpiest cover ever um <laughs> It is his cover of God My Mind Said
1: On You Yes which uh, is lovely And a huge hit for him That was Number that was two deep. in the
3: UK Number yeah. one in Billboard um, Yeah So I like yeah. you know, I like hearing Upbeat George And this set largely Reflects Happy George Which is is, is Always a good thing
1: Yeah so it's good that he's got a reputation Of being quite sour It's well, great really yeah. It's nice to hear him
3: Coming right up Paul and Ringo Covering other musicians songs
0: That's next after
3: McCartney.
0: Who am I? I got the girl with a regular machine when it comes to rocket. She the queen, go we'll to a dance on a Saturday night, all alone where I can hold a tie Say All this climbing is getting me down If I'm a cop straight over the river
3: This was the Eddie Cochran song that Paul played to John Lennon at his yes. sort of audition when mm. they met for the first time on 6th of July 1957 at the Walton Garden Fete. And mm. here it's from his album of covers Back in the USSR, recorded at his home studio in Sussex 1987, Paul McCartney and 20 Flight mm. Rock. Do you know? It's, I, I was just thinking when, it, when I sort of scribbled a note saying that it was at Walton Garden Fay in 6th of July 1957. Do you think that compresses? That's the first time he met yes. John. To their entire career and they split up in 1969. to um, 12, twelve years. years.
1: Wait, 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 when mean, you just
3: twelve years, everything that we ever talk about the Beatles from day one to the yes. to the, the, the split. Twelve years. It's not, it's, it's a blink it's, of an eye.
1: And the fact they were all—we've talked about this before. And we talked about about the fact they were all so young. They yeah, were I mean, all yeah. so young yeah. when it happened. It was it was so the fact that 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 George that George Harrison was twenty seven in nineteen seventy. I mean the fact that that <laughs> that that, exactly. that all just yeah. they, it all just whacked yeah. along, and you know it's it's like you say it's it's no wonder it was all so intense. No mm. wonder they fell out. No wonder it was difficult to difficult to keep those sort of maintain maintain those relations when. You know, when they became massively big, they'd only known each other five years, four years. It wasn't like Mm. they were, you know, they'd had this necessarily lifelong bond. It was and it was really it was something it was a weird alchemy that kept them together for as long as it did, really, I think, given the pressure cook of what they were in. And
3: five years of the twelve years were kind of preparation, weren't they? Because fifty-seven yes. to sixty-two,
1: yes.
3: you could have walked into any pub in England and said, uh, "Who's Paul yeah. McCartney?" and people would have said, "I don't know." So
1: no, no one would have known them.
3: Absolutely, five, five years of uh, out of the twelve were were not being famous. Most extraordinary thing, really. Weirdly weird, Weirdly weird. Paul McCartney is a devoted purveyor of the cover version. There's a, yes. there's a I noticed this. There's a bit of a pattern. Whenever a McCartney album doesn't sell so well, Paul yes. tends to disappear for a year or two. Yeah. And then he goes back to basics and records an album of oldies, often recorded in a day or two. Yes. Uh, work, working backwards, we had the really badly titled Kisses on the Bottom in mm. 2012, which is, you know, it's is a fine album but it's a, Quite the, sweet, yeah. the, the title of it uh, killed it. Yeah. Uh, that followed a five-year hiatus after the Memory Almost Full album. Yes. Before that in 1999 we had Run Devil Run, which was yes. largely again an album of covers of late 50s early 60s Chuck Berry, Gene Vincent. And that was his first project after the death of Linda a year before. Then 10 years earlier was the album that we're going to talk about back in the USSR, which is the we've been listening to this this week. There's an underwhelming reaction um, to Paul's press to play album um, just before it. So the pattern began a quiet period followed by a covers album. And this is almost a parallel to that John Lennon Rock and Roll album and features Kansas City, 20 Flight Rock that we just heard, and eight other tracks, including covers of Sam Cooke and Little Richard. Although it describes back in the USSR as spirited, all music gives it two stars out of five jewels. Is history kinder to back in the USSR?
1: I liked it more than the John Lennon covers album because I felt it had more soul to it, really. And again, the fact that, you know, John Lennon was in the Lost Weekend phase, you know, McCartney was more engaged in this, I think. Yeah. I'd, I'd, I wouldn't say it was his best work, but then having said that, the thing that I quite liked about it was he's obviously singing songs that he loves and that it seems genuine to me. And again, having watched Get Back recently and seen his sort of screamy vocals, he so much of his vocals lend, lend themselves, well, they, they borrow from Little richard don't they and things like that so when Very he's natural. so him doing lucille i really enjoy because I, I then i could hear what he was trying to do when they did um i'm so tired no i'm so tired um don't let me down all that mm. kind of stuff when he was doing those sort of screamy type vocals and i've got a feeling and all that kind Skelter, of stuff. Skelter. yes when he was when he uh, but but i've got a feeling i think particularly because of that kind of soulful kind of yeah. um Thing. And I remember re- reading about... he's. He, I'm interested in how Paul McCartney's interested in the sort of the soulful singers. And not necessarily soul as in soul singers, but singers that do put a lot in. And I remember reading... Um, it might even have been in the album cover notes I think about um, Flaming Pie which I love it's probably my favourite Paul McCartney solo album I just I, I got it when I was young and I just really took to it I thought it was great he, there's a song on that which is brilliant which is called Souvenir and I remember reading something with him probably around the time where he said oh, I really hope that a big soul singer gets hold of this and covers it and I loved that idea that Paul McCartney loves these big soul songs yeah. but is aware of his own limitations perhaps although I think he's an extremely good screamer style singer he really i really like is. him doing that he's that one of the really very great. very
3: best he's up there with yes. little richard and um
1: he's, he's, he can just do that so well mm. i really like this although it did make me think of the cavern special that we watched and talked about it mm. you know again a few months ago and how we were both surprised at how good that was actually from recent yes. years and how good his voice was and it did actually make me think Maybe this is something. Maybe this is something that gets better with time. So this was released in the eighties. This album, and actually, I really liked this. But I thought the Cavern gig, where they did the sort of some of the old rockers, was even better because maybe the fact that he's aged since then and that he's doing this as an older person looking back to being a younger man gives it more poignancy and kind of gives it a bit more excitement and a bit more sort of oh, you know, isn't it great that he's you know Paul McCartney's aged he isn't and he's and he's singing those songs, but. I felt there was more commitment to this than than I did perhaps the the John Lennon album. Mm. So I liked I mean, I wouldn't say it was great. I'm not sure how often I would listen to it, but I I my impression was oh well good for him for giving it a go was my impression, I think.
3: Worth remembering that Paul is only in his mid forties here, mm-hmm. and his voice is in fantastic form. Ready is yeah, and it, it it is is you you've spotted the, the the key element. I think it's most suited to the rockier songs on this album. Yes, I suppose because it's all simple songs from his school days and the Cavern and Hamburg
2: yes. era. Yeah,
3: then. Um, and, and being recorded over over only two days, there is a sort of I think there's a sort of demo feel to the collection. But when mm-hmm. it really works, like on Lucille, yes. and ain't that a shame? It does have some sort of longer term value. But like John Lennon's Rock and Roll, it's it's not an album I'll rush back to. But there's nothing yeah. wrong with
1: it. No, absolutely agree. Ringo
3: is, of course, the number one provider of covers of The Mm. Four Beatles' solo acts, mainly because he writes very few songs. Yes. And this married to the point that Ringo is an obsession beyond his bandmates with both old rock and roll and particularly traditional country music. Yes. Uh, His discography is packed with Mm. either albums of covers or tracks written by others for him. Yes. And, um... There was there was a there was a a novelty value for the early Beatles solo albums. Mm. Um, Ringo's first sentimental journey was yet another Beatle going back to Cole Porter and Hargy, yes. Hargy Carmichael. But his second album, "Bookoo's of, Bookoo's of Blues," sorry, although a commercial <laughs> not used to say, Buk-oops of Blues," although a commercial yes, failure. A it was a spirited attempt at producing a country album recorded in just three days recorded in nashville jewels mm. um does bukoops the blues do, do you think it's got a place in country music history
1: I think it has actually, and you know, when we when we I knew we were going to do these four albums, and thinking about the four Beatles and my sort of views on them, I did not expect this to be my favorite of the four we heard, and it is. I really yeah. like it. I think it is lovely. Again, I think it's so sincere, and I think it really touches on what people love about loved about Ringo and what people love about what what makes him good. And again, I'm sorry to keep harking back to Get Back, but it's 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 a useful thing. What you say about people being willing to write for Ringo. What was very clear from the Get Back film was how much everybody really loved Ringo and how he was a very weirdly a stabilising force for them and how... He just seemed to get on with everyone. When George Harrison walks out and he ends up receiving delivery of the flowers that Harry Krishner sends, yes, which is one of my yes. favourite moments in the film. It's so fun, unintentionally funny. They say something about, oh, should we go and see George? And Ringo says just something, you know, off the cuff. Like, oh, yeah, well, you know, I, you know I'm going to see him anyway. And you just get the impression that Ringo is just everyone's friends and is just a really likeable bloke. And actually, Ringo's solo stuff is most successful, I think, when rather than trying to be comedy, Mm. I hate Act Naturally so much by the way, I just need to get that <laughs> out there I just a friend of mine always used to insist on singing it when we were in a group covering Beatles songs together and I just hate it so much, it just really rankles but I like Ringo and he's really sincere and yeah. I think that bu- bu- Buku's of Blues really works because it's songs that I'm not that familiar with actually so it didn't really feel like a covers album to me because quite a lot of it was new to me, that might be that I'm undereducated in that sort of music but um, Country is not, I don't do like it but it's not really my home territory but I re- I thought it was great because I just thought that he just played those songs with a straight bat and sung really, he's got a voice that is not as, you know, not as flexible as some of the others and not, doesn't he can't do as many things but what he does do, it really played to his strengths, it was, I thought, it, I think this is a lovely record, whether or not it deserves a place in the re- the, the history of country music I don't know but as far as Beatles solo's records con- concerned particularly as far as Beatles solo cover as records are concerned, I thought this was the best of the lot. I really liked it.
3: Absolutely, this is one of the more genuine solo albums of covers. Mm, it's mm. the songs, songs, sort of Taylor Made for Ringo's sad yes. downbeat delivery, and all that it does get a little bit wearing as a full album. There's yes, a certain agreed. Feel an attachment attachment to the music from Ringo. You can tell he's fulfilling a dream here, and it's certainly yes. my favourite of the four collections we've talked about today. But admittedly, once again, I'll not be hurtling to play it every week. But I, w- I would certainly listen yes. to it again. Um, you know, in a in a different context, certainly um, a, a, a valuable album and not a throwaway uh, like one or two of the others that we've yeah
1: really 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 surprising yes it might be a nice sunday morning album for me Mm. i think i want to find a place for it in my kind of music diet which i didn't really feel so strongly about about any of the others really thank
3: you very much for listening this week lovely to have you along
1: yes thank you for thank you for joining us as always it's nice Um. to hang out
3: we talk about not hurtling to play uh, albums again. One musical event that we should all be hurtling <laughs> towards is Juliet's radio show.
1: Bless you, my child. Thank you very much. Yes, I do something called Smooth Sailing on Sunday evenings from seven to nine pm on my Mix of the Channel. If you want to listen live, maxlr dot com and then forward slash Juliet hyphen Harris, or just search my name on the site and you find the channel. Um, there's a Show button which has all the previous shows that I do. And if you want to know what the show is, it's just. E- it's uh, easiest stuff for a sunday evening so you know, sort of smooth pop and aor mor yacht rock um easy listening that sort of thing nothing too challenging although we do like to try and mix it up and keep it quite interesting but um just just a, a, a nice way to end the week is what we aim for
3: and to play us out talking about the beatles and cover versions
1: Yes, I thought I'd pick a cover version of the Beatles. It's almost like I give thought to this, Terence. I do try <laughs> and have moments where I where I kind of know what is going on. So I love this version. Um, Mojo magazine did a, a series of Beatles. Um, well they they went through a phase of uh, looking at a beat different Beatles album each month, and they'd always have a cover mount CD with lots of with lots of different covers. And so many of them are so good. I would recommend you can. I shouldn't be encouraging this, but you can pick them up fairly cheaply online. So I would recommend that you have a look around. And I first heard this one of those and thought it was brilliant. Um they're a band called the Besnard Lakes, a Canadian indie rock band and um, been going since 2003 and I absolutely love this version. It's got a real almost sort of shoegaze lean to it and I think it, it it does a different thing to the it's a good cover and it does a different thing to the original. It finds a different a different sort of vibe to it and I love it. This is the Besnard Lakes doing I've got a feeling. I've got
2: a feeling.